Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne and I'm here today with my friend Tim Wong. Tim, say hi. Hello, hello. Now, Tim and I went to grad school together. Um, I think this was 12, 14 years ago, somewhere around there. And so we had a lot of classes together at Western Seminary. We learned about marriage and family therapy, as well as theology and Bible and so uh, over the course of the years, I, I've moved, and I think you've moved too, right, out of the San Jose area? Yeah. And so we only have contact via Facebook, but I've seen over the years that Tim has gone through a lot of new trainings for the kind of work that he wants to do. And so I asked him to come today as part of this trauma series to talk about brain spotting as a technique for treating trauma. So Thank you, Tim, for being here and lending us your expertise for today. No problem. So can you explain to us what is brain spotting? It sounds super weird. Mm. Is it weird? <laughs> it's not. Um, maybe the name. Um, yeah. but I'm sure your listeners can Google it and find some uh, videos and websites about it. Um, brain spotting, in my opinion, is another way to help access past traumatic or negative experiences that still bug you. So it doesn't even have to be like capital T trauma for you to make use of brain spotting. Uh, but anything that bugs you emotionally, you actually can experience a level of healing and freedom from um, through brain spotting or at the minimum gain new perspective. Uh, so what happens is a client uh will be looking at certain positions that's facilitated by the therapist uh, in their visual field. So uh, you might start off by looking somewhere in the center point, right? What's right in front of you. Uh, and what we're trying to do is have the patient uh, find the position visually that actually stimulates that particular event uh, or trauma memory. Uh, it actually subjectively makes that feel more intense, actually. Mm. Um, and so uh, this actually can be done by video um, and doesn't have to be in person. Uh, so yeah, the client is able to access it. In my opinion, I see it as more like visual acupuncture. Mm. A lot of people are familiar with Chinese acupuncture, um, you know, using needles to hit positions in your body. Now in this, it's looking at certain positions with your eyes that actually stimulate your brain to go deeper into a particular issue. And so um, as the brain is stimulated, it actually uh, will lead individuals to feel different things physically, uh, somatically, uh, different thoughts, perspectives, ideas may come, that's all naturally natural and uh, you just kind of go with it and notice it and that's all the client has to do and the therapist kind of just guides 
surprisingly, and also follows the client in dealing with the issues that come up. And so in my years of experience using brain spotting, I've been using brain spotting at least for four years. Prior to that, I was actually trained in EMDR, which is also an eye movement type of therapy to help the trauma, and that's more widely known. Uh, so David Grand is actually the founder of brain spotting, and he used to be an EMDR therapist back, I don't know, 12, 14 years ago. Uh, and he found it with a ice skater, actually, that uh, when the ice skater was looking at a particular location, uh, he had some somatic uh, reaction and blinking. And so he just instinctively held his EMDR pointer at a particular location. Oh. And that helped that uh, professional skater go much deeper dealing with uh, the trauma to help um, uh, that particular uh, individual at that time. So in any case, fast forward 10 years later, you know, uh, brain spotting is more uh, widely trained and available. And so basically, you know, individuals are looking at certain positions to stimulate the brain to go deeper. So I, I actually didn't know any of that. <laughs> and I am trained in EMDR as well. And um, listeners for this episode will have hopefully heard last episode, which will be about EMDR. Oh, good. Um, so they'll have a little bit of a foundation of like how that works. But I really didn't even know that that was what brain spot, like how brain spotting worked. So some of the questions that are coming up in my mind are um, like, how do you figure out where that spot is? Let's do that first. Where, sure. How do you figure out where they look? So there's in brain spotting, uh, if a therapist gets trained in level one, uh, there's this idea of subjective uh, feeling. So that's the inside window. What does the client feel inside uh, when you look at certain positions? Some therapists may go off of that really. Tune to the client and noticing their uh, facial and body reactions, actually. And so maybe the client has no feel, like, oh, no, it just feels all the same when I look here and there. Uh, but a trained therapist may notice certain uh, facial expressions, blinking, twitching, when the client is looking at a certain position, uh, and we call that the outside window. And so it's from the outside looking in, a therapist okay. is looking at the outside. Um, so there, those are the two ways typically we determine, Hey, this is the spot that may likely be an activation spot for you mm -hmm. to go deeper into a particular issue, trauma or memory. Okay. So then once you find that spot, uh, is the person talking through the, these memories as, as they're focused or what are they doing? They can if they want to, it's not necessarily recommended. So maybe uh, if your listeners have heard about EMDR, uh, the brain is actually doing its own thing. Uh, in EMDR, you're moving, you're moving your eyes left and right, stimulating both sides of the brain to go deeper. And so in brain spotting, it's again, fixed position and the client is just noticing what comes up. Um, you know, physically, there might be sensations, and they're welcome to report to the therapist what's going on, and the therapist can guide them through, uh, but they don't have to. So that's the beauty of even EMDR or brain spotting is that uh, some clients who are not even comfortable describing the trauma don't have to go in detail as long as they can hold it 
in their mind, they're actually able to process through and get a level of healing mm. that I find pretty unique and awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why we not don't necessarily recommend the talking through is that's where brain spotting EMDR uh, is different than typical talk therapy. In talk therapy, um, you're stimulating your frontal lobe of the brain as you're talking things out, right? Insight-oriented counseling, CBT, logic, uh, perspective counseling. It's all mostly in the frontal cortex, uh, right? Because that's where logic, decision-making skills are happening. However, a lot of the trauma and negative experiences are actually happening in the inner brain, the back of the brain, even as deep as the brain stem. And you're not able to access those areas in the brain just simply through talk therapy. And so in my years of experience in therapy, I've noticed that, yeah, being trained in CBT, DBT, uh, all sorts of different modalities, exposure therapy, et cetera, it had limitations, I noticed. Right. Uh, but then experiencing uh, EMDR first and then brain spotting later, I noticed, wow, tremendous breakthrough for my patient. Uh, so good that I would uh, say that it's up to 10 times faster than traditional talk therapy. You're able to get to the root of the issue much, much faster. So that's been my observation. Uh, I work at Kaiser and Kaiser tracks our data and clients uh, frequently. So clients are often asked survey questions subjectively. How are you doing in treatment? And that's the uh, way to show some level of evidence that, hey, treatment is working or isn't working. And we kind of review that with patients as well. Uh, and so, again, this is not bragging about me, but really about the technique, uh, that the technique is honestly very unique and powerful and helpful and effective. And so what I've noticed is that on average, um, compared to typical Kaiser therapists, um, my patients have reported improvement uh, as much as, on average, 20% more than typical Kaiser therapists that likely is not doing EMDR or brain spotting. Yeah. So that's what I've noticed. So um, not everybody in your department is trained like this. Some of them are just doing no. traditional talk therapy. Yes. Yeah, it could be IFS, it could be family systems, DBT, of course, is very popular, DBT, very popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, it's really amazing. Like some of the, the neuroscience and then some of this is just experiential. Like, like you said, it was just a figure or an ice skater, right? And that started it with David yeah, Grant. Yeah. Notice that. Yeah. So um, I'd like you to talk a little bit about how you see God working through this. Now, as you mentioned, you work at Kaiser. And so it, this is a big um, secular company. It's not people, you're not getting paid to talk about Jesus at your job, but mm -hmm. as a person of faith, I know you see God working through you in these situations. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so I believe I'm just very thankful that God had led me to these type of modalities to help patients. Mm -hmm. uh, because honestly, you know, when we were in grad school, even coming out, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, like, <laughs> I'm kind of winging it and like, learning <laughs> techniques, hoping it works, you know. Um, and I was so nervous, you know, being a therapist, you know, 
And God just allowed me to, uh, on accident, I think, first to learn about EMDR and then brain spotting and noticing how effective it is and really seeing sustained and real breakthrough. Um, you know, not just like, oh, the client goes to therapy and experiences some comfort and feels heard and acknowledged, which is great at some level, uh, but really deep and lasting change. And so I think of a verse um, from Isaiah. I'm blanking out on the sixty-one. Chapter. Oh, right. there we go. Okay, um, where it talks about how um, you know Jesus is bringing about uh, healing and freedom, um, loosening the chains of the captive and the oppressed. And we, I believe, as therapists, are doing that. Uh, we don't necessarily, you know. Uh, share about our faith and our sessions. We are bringing about healing and freedom and change in visuals one at a time and doing that type of healing on the emotional level and that impacting a variety of things. It could be their quality of life, their relationships at home, feeling less triggered in certain situations, communication skills improve, certain anxieties, things in society or people um, doing much better in those areas. So I think um, me and you in this field, you know, perhaps we're called in that way to help people on the emotional level, to bring about hope and healing, yeah. uh, showing love in that way. Yeah. And so you don't even have to specifically preach the words of the gospel. You're doing the gospel work in mm -hmm. doing this work, right? Yeah, yeah. So I pulled it up real quick, the verse that I think you were referring to, and I knew it right away because this is kind of like, you know how people have like a life verse? This is like my my counseling verse. This is the one that kind of defines how I see my profession. And it's from Isaiah 61.1, but then it's also quoted in the New Testament when Jesus says, hey, I'm this guy, you know, and it says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. And yeah. I think that's how we both kind of feel about our work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, there was actually, there was another question I was going to ask you before I, I got too, too excited about asking you about what God was doing through it, but <laughs> um when people come and they're like, okay, so this thing is bothering me and you, you've located this spot that they need to look in their field of vision. Um, do you feel like you have to spend time kind of like picking out a target memory or something like that? Yes. So that's definitely very important uh, uh, for this. Typically, I think for it to work best is uh, I may start off by asking the client to bring up uh, a list or create it on their own. They don't even have to show me of their top five, top 10 disturbing memories or experiences. And so they would just work on one memory and issue at a time. Okay. Um, so yeah, they would queue up uh, and think about that particular disturbing experience. Then I typically start off by asking them to just focus on that one moment. Because, mm. you know, obviously it could be a whole series of, you know, movie in their mind, like, oh, this happened and this and that. But maybe just focus on that one moment start that was most intense for them. 
Okay. The most intense or like, as we say in EMDR, the first or the worst. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Or the root. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so you do spend time, I imagine in the beginning, kind of talking through and figuring out what that is. So, you know, mm-hmm. where you're headed, mm-hmm. but then the person can just kind of keep that in mind. They're, mm-hmm. they're like internally re-experiencing that, but in a way that allows for their reprocessing so that they don't have to experience it with that, um, that disturbance anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so again, there, yeah. And it's also, you know, with you being EMDR trained, you probably know this already. Um, but it's almost like we're doing emotional surgery without anesthesia, mm-hmm. right? The person is going to feel it. Uh, and we want the brain to go that deep to and cut into the pain and healing. And, you know, there's layers of healing like an onion, right? Um, and also I want to allow the listeners to understand that it may not be just one session that will do it. You know, there's layers of healing that happens. Uh, and uh, yes, if we're lucky, sometimes that boom, one session uh, just totally impacts that schema of events in the brain, how the um, neurons have stored the memories and maybe it hits to the root and much of it is resolved. But sometimes it takes uh, months of processing. Um, and even, even after a session or a few sessions, the brain is actually readapting healing. And some people might not even notice the difference until months later. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't even bug me anymore. You know, and then they give that feedback in sessions later. And then they notice, oh, wow, it really did help yeah. it did make a difference. Yeah. Sometimes the the soreness of something like that goes away without you really even noticing until something else that would have triggered that comes up and you realize I didn't get triggered. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Or at least cognitively like, yes, that was a bad event, but emotionally and subjectively uh, someone might notice, Oh my goodness, I don't get triggered in that way anymore. But yes, in my mind, that's absolutely horrible. Yeah. But uh, the subjective emotional response now much much better and that's what I try to describe to EMDR clients is that it's not I'm not wiping your memory I'm not going to take away the memory of this thing happening to you you'll still have that filed away in there but when you think about it or even when you're going about your business and you're trying not to think about it it's yeah. not going to cause that emotional pain that it once did yeah, yeah. that's a very good description yeah listen to the soul grit podcast for even one episode you know my guests and i believe that when we integrate the power of god with the wisdom of modern psychology we get supercharged healing change and growth in counseling as a christian therapist however i realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices that's why i created the e-course faith integration for therapists In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com slash courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. Um, So I was also thinking about as uh, even as I was trying to kind of paraphrase and make sure I was understanding what you're teaching us, 
there's a lot of people who I think are afraid to work on their trauma because they don't want to re-experience their trauma. So what word of encouragement would you give to someone? Cause you're saying we have to experience the brain has to experience this on a yeah. really deep level and yeah. that it's going to be hard, but what's yeah. your encouragement? My encouragement is uh, if you want to experience freedom and healing, you have to do the work. Right. Mm-hmm. And if that thing is still going to, drag on in your life and still impact you. you know, for example, grief, you know, grief would be a very good uh, topic to work on because from my experience, as people go through the sessions, they're actually experiencing the five stages of grief during session. Mm. You might have noticed that with multiple EMDR techniques on grief patients. And so you don't have to live with the intensity of that grief that long for the rest of your life. Um, yes, there's phases where you might feel more emotional than others and certain times of the year, but it's not as intense. Uh, so if you're willing to do the hard work, um, then you may reap the benefits of that hard work later. Um, but of course, you know, it, it's really up to the patient if they want that. Uh, the interesting thing in brain spotting, however, though, is there are uh level two, level three trainings uh, that you may learn about later that um, you can actually process a tough memory using a positive resource spot or location. So Mm -hmm. that would be a spot that actually brings about more uh, comfort or calmness, uh, maybe a positive experience of memory. And so clinicians can actually process uh, using that other spot uh, to have the client uh, processed in a way that's not as intense uh, as the activating spot. And so that could be of comfort for some clients who are hesitant to uh, have too strong an emotional response. So that's possible. Another way to do it Uh, in brain spotting, there's even processing using one eye or the other (laughs) eye uh, to lessen the, the intensity, but still, uh, allow the brain to process uh, at a deeper level. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of little tricks here and there that um, different uh, brain spotting training can offer. Yeah. So if you find, you know, an experienced trusted clinician, you should be encouraged that you can make it through, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had mentioned the term like emotional surgery before, and it kind of made me think like if you needed a knee surgery, like you don't get surgery on your knee just because it was a fun thing to do and you had insurance benefits. You uh-huh. you do it because something's wrong and it's causing you pain, right? And so then you know that in order to live your life and be able to walk around and kneel and do all those things, you're going to need the surgery, but the surgery itself is going to be painful mm-hmm. and the rehab and the physical therapy that you're going to need sure. to put through is also going to be um, pretty laborious and painful. But the result at the end of that is that you have full functionality of your knee again. And I think about that with some of the work that we do in the therapy room is that, yeah, it's hard, it's hard work and it's painful in this yeah. moment, but the, the result is that you get your full functionality of your emotions back. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like being more whole yeah, or healed and more able to have better relationships, better experience of life on this side. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely well worth it. So yeah. Yeah. 
Well, um, Tim, I don't want to take a lot of your time. I know we're kind of in between your work day here. And I do want to thank you for giving that description because uh, I mean, I don't know about the listener, but I feel like I have just a whole new um, area to look into and learn about now. Um, but I do want to ask you the question that I ask all of the guests, which mm. is what are you doing for soul care? Mm, good question. I think as I continue to get trained in brain spotting, we also do our own work in the practicum. So I try my best to think of certain issues I personally need to work on and get freedom for. So that definitely happens um, during my trainings. I think also, you know, spending time with family. I have three kids right now, um, enjoying them, uh, being out in nature. Uh, being encouraged by my wife to do more exercise and hiking, uh, casual things like, you know, watching interesting movies or shows on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, just little things here and there. Um, enjoying a nice uh, pearled milk tea. Mm. Recently found a great spot in Dublin I was introduced to. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> certain desserts and food um yeah so you know what i just found at costco <laughs> yeah little packets of boba that you can heat up in hot I water saw. and then add to your drink because i was like dang i'm spending six bucks a pop for this boba and i need to have you know i need to have it a little bit more economical here <laughs> sure sure yeah but of course i think soul care can come through uh, nutrition as well. Um, uh, once in a while, weekly, we do juice. Uh, we know that, notice that juicing really helps our GI tract and our emotional state because a lot of people don't know this, but 50% of our happy neurochemicals are actually in the gut. Yeah. So if you're taking care of your gut system, you're taking care of your emotions and well-being. Yeah. Uh, so what you eat really plays a role in terms of fighting off depression, anxiety, impacting sleep, uh, giving your brain rest and time to deal with stressors in life. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is also a very practical way for soul care for myself, mm -hmm. um, just really being intentional of what I'm taking in. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I was recently a guest on a, another podcast and this um, other host was asking me, you know, as a therapist, what tips can you give our listeners for their spiritual health? Mm. And I, I went with, you know, you need to sleep and you need to exercise and you need to eat <laughs> and spend time with your friends. And I, I got the sense that like maybe people are looking for some different kind of advice from therapists, like uh, here, do this mental or this emotional exercise and you'll be well, but really it comes down to having that foundation. Like th those of us in the field know that if you're not doing those foundational things, we, there's not really a lot to build on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometimes, uh, well, that question makes me think about maybe some really nice spiritual answer <laughs> to this, read that certain book, uh, which, you know, all those are definitely helpful. Uh, but sometimes it's just doing uh, some things that are pretty basic and um, even as simple as growing community and friendships, right? Yeah, uh, super important. Very helpful. Um, just learning how to be real, being comfortable with your emotions expressing them. Yeah. 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 
Well, I appreciate your perspective and just teaching us about something new today. And if, um, I don't know if you have, do you have a website or anything that you would want people to know about or? Um, I think Google does pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just Googling up brain spotting, um, even videos by David Grant, the founder. It's very helpful. Uh, Different therapists uh, online may have videos as well about it. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Very welcome. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at soulgritresources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.